0: There we go. Cue intro music. Bum, 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 bum. Joshua, uh, you can see. We, so our, <laughs> we need uh,
1: to record that and make the intro.
0: That's our intro. All right. We're on the podcast. Uh, Josh is here again. <laughs> Destry is here. We have uh, two screens in front of us and we're, one is mirroring the other and we have a checklist. And I everything off and the last one is push green record button until it is red yes now I told you I was doing this because I want somebody to be able to sit down here (laughs) having having no idea what we do and be able to do it right that's what I've learned how to do a a, a something like this part of an exit strategy actually right not that plan on exiting anytime soon but that's just part of it so I just push the green button and it's red yeah so we're recording
1: we i, I like i like the bulleted list i think if it's going to be for someone who has never uh you know potentially never done this before mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. should add a bullet point to this list that says you know before pushing the green button and uh josh industry a 20 dollar bill or something. Th-
0: okay that sounds good we'll do <laughs> we'll do that <laughs> we'll, we'll do that
1: just, you know they come in and question no don't question it this is the process just, just, this just is what you go with do. it yeah this is
0: what you gotta do <laughs> so we're here again josh um like always, we've sat here and we've talked almost an hour. Yeah, before we pushed the green button to make it red. That's just you know that that's how we started this podcast. Mm-hmm. That's why we we continue to do it. Um, and I, I love it. I, I think it's
1: great. Yeah, a lot of the topics for our podcast come from those conversations. They do you yeah. know? Maybe you know stuff we talked about will probably be featured in a podcast and and somewhere in down the, near the line. Future. Yeah, somewhere
0: down the line, and that's. Uh, that you know, I just noticed that one time, long time ago, whatever, we've had the, you know, we have these really cool conversations that I seem to be, I, I seem to ask questions that I think other people, including myself, want to know. And you always have a good response, a, 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 I <laughs> say tactical response that, I don't mean that you've planned it, mm-hmm. but it's a response that I think a lot of people can relate to, mm-hmm. you know, an academic response, but with emotion in it and just seeing it's, it's, a, it's not uh I I don't like the word offensive anymore, but it's it would be you know people would hear it easily, right? You know it's not a condescending response, and that's why that's why we started the podcast, Mm -hmm. and it's evolved into several iterations, um, and it's about to evolve into another one here in the near future.
1: Yeah, we're uh, uh, working on getting a new uh, a new environment set up for recording the podcast and stuff. Mm -hmm. Because I mean past what three years we've just been doing it in your office that's right yeah yeah um, yep. which is it's funny because it, it doesn't look like a normal office anymore it i mean doesn't. it's got your desk and your computer but yeah. if uh if <laughs> people saw this it's got studio lights and mm-hmm. uh you know huge monitors for us to you know keep track of where we are in the podcast and you have a recording board and mic set up everywhere <laughs> it and, is a studio yes yeah, and, and ends you're also office. you know you're heavily involved in the photography. Uh, Industry too right. and so you have shelves and shelves of cameras and <laughs> lenses true. and uh, a collection of tripods and
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: my, our friend Don um,
0: uh, likes to quote uh, he, he actually brings people in here sometime uh, before classes and, and, and shows them the office because he, he says you won't believe this I'm and he, he, he quotes a movie and says uh, um, I'm I'm uh, what is it? Uh, you won't believe the reality of his office, or yeah. I'm having a hard time coming to terms with the reality of your office. He likes
1: to say. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's always cool looking at people's work environments, anyway, because uh, over time, you know, the more time you spend in the, in that environment, it starts to become like a physical representation of what's going on inside your head.
0: Oh, this is certainly a physical reputation. Oh, yeah. no question. My,
1: my desks uh, get like that too. You know, mm-hmm. my, my uh, you know, I have a home office as well as an office space I rent. And, you know, the home office, I've been there for like seven years or so, mm-hmm, and it mm-hmm. does not look like a normal desk. It looks more like a workbench with a computer. Yes, on it, Yes, it I've seen pictures and, of it. Yep, yeah. Yep. And, you know, I do engineering, you know, all my engineering projects there, but yep. I also do, uh, you know, rapid prototyping projects and, and, and different things. So like, it's a desk, but it's got uh, you know, uh, racks of like articulated arms that mm-hmm. I've 3D printed and, yep. and stuck on it to hold different things and uh, tool racks and mm-hmm. uh, bins of nuts and bolts and screws. and Everything's and, being used one yeah. way or another. Yep, it does not look like a normal engineer's right, desk. It right. looks like Josh's brain. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think that most people think <laughs>
1: that's right. Most people
0: think engineer's desk, they think I, – I think – it might have an impression of like an architect's desk, right? You know, like a drawing type of thing. That's not yours at all. No,
1: and it's even funny when I go to uh, when I go to architectural firms. You know, when we're uh, working on uh, joint projects or whatever, uh, it always strikes me as funny. I never really mentioned this uh, to them, but you know, the architect's environment—it's always like very well laid out right. for like you know, it's, it's clean. It's uh, you know, has the, has the lighting that they prefer mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. very aesthetically mm-hmm, pleasing. Yes. But for me, it would be so frustrating because it's absolutely not useful f- at all for me. Like I'd be afraid to, you know, to glue two pieces of, uh, <laughs> to, to, to epoxy two pieces of metal together on right, that desk because right, I'd yeah. accidentally <laughs> yeah, spill some epoxy on it or right. something like my desk has, you oh, yeah. know, <laughs> <laughs> that's, funny.
0: that's good. It, it is interesting. I, whenever. You come in, here, you, you know that I struggle keeping things um, tidy, I'll say, uncluttered. Oh, yeah, I'll me say. too. I struggle with that a lot. Um, but my desk, if you come in and my desk is cluttered, my brain is cluttered. Mm-hmm. You're, you hit it on the head. it, it I, I, It's difficult for me to concentrate and to do what I need to do if I have at least on my desk, if that's cluttered. Now, most people would say this is cluttered, mm-hmm. but I have, I don't know how many dollars of electronics sitting on this desk right now, but a, a good number. Yeah. And I use all of them. Right. You know, at one point in, in time in the day, I will use every bit of them. <laughs> um, to me, this is, I got it, man. Yeah. This, in the lighting, you know, the soft boxes. Right. Uh, I just don't like, I don't like direct light. Direct light, Um <laughs> has something to do with having migraines sometimes. But even whenever it's a typical day, I turn off the overhead and I turn on the, the soft boxes and they're shining down. It just suits me. It, it works, makes me productive. Yeah. And sometimes we do a podcast. Yeah.
1: We'll and it's funny remember. that you ended with that because, uh, about your preferences about light, because in the sermon Sunday, mm-hmm. he talked about the armor of light. He did. And in, in Romans. <laughs> Bruce. Hey, he brought the word, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He brought uh, it the was, word. It was really cool because, um, uh, you know, and normally, you know, uh, uh, Pastor Godfrey's up there teaching on Sunday mornings. Yep. Uh, he was out uh, for some reason, and mm-hmm. uh, I think he's on vacation or maybe traveling yeah. or something. So
0: one of his granddaughters graduated high school, and they took her on a
1: cruise. Ah, there you go. Yep. So um, it, it was an opportunity for uh, Bruce McCartney. He's the uh, pastor of the uh, Beulah campus. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. He came in and uh, filled the pulpit for uh, Pastor Godfrey. And it, was, yep. it was really cool. Um uh, you know, sermon that he brought, uh, talking uh, talking from Romans. But uh, I forget what was the name of the uh, uh, of the sermon. Uh, it was uh, oh yeah, it's, it's high, high time, time. yeah. Um, which you know you would normally think would be like an April twentieth sermon, mm-hmm. um, but uh, no is <laughs> right. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have said that on my house <laughs> anyway. <laughs> It's it's all right. I'm not going to edit that out either. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, but uh, no, he, he, he started, uh, He was based in Romans 13 and, yep. and the verses he wrote, read, um, uh, verses 11 through 14. It says, and that knowing the time, uh, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Uh, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day not in, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. And that was the, uh, that was the framework around which he built his sermon. What I, uh, you know, usually while I'm sitting there, uh, you know, I got my tablet out, taking notes and, and jotting down uh, ideas from the sermon for the podcast. And one of the things that always strikes me about uh, about this verse is that phrase, "the armor of light." <laughs> and uh,
0: the armor of light—that's a, that's a pretty strong suggestion statement. Yes. The armor of light. Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's good. And um, so, <clears throat> a little bit about crown story uh, into. The depths of my nerdiness. Um, <laughs> when I was uh, when I was an undergrad uh, in engineering school, one of the things that the, the college I used to go to um, they would offer this opportunity where, um, it, like over Christmas break, you could come back two weeks early and knock out a class it was called an interterm class. You could knock out an entire semester course in two weeks. Wow! Yeah. You'd go to, you gla- go to class every wow. single day for I think six hours. Wow. And, uh, and you do that for two weeks straight and mm. uh, you go to class for that, that one class for six hours and then you go, uh, you go eat, you go back to your room and you do six nights, you know, six lectures worth of homework wow. and you come back the next day and do it. And I used to love doing that because, you know, engineering uh you know the the courses study for engineering is already pretty um pretty jam-packed with stuff but um i always wanted to add extra stuff in there um okay. you know some additional uh, math courses or additional programming courses or just stuff that i was interested in yeah um, that wasn't necessarily required for my major but i wanted to do it anyway and so this was a good opportunity to sort of knock out some of the uh uh, some of the non-engineering courses mm-hmm. like uh, English literature, American literature, history, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, um, so that I could fit something else in that spot during the semester. So my college called that electives. Yeah. They're electives. Kind right. Of. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they, they did that in between semesters. And then they also had an opportunity after uh, after the semester where you could stay up to an entire month and knock out two additional Good classes gracious. called post-term. And so I would actually come back two weeks early uh, in the uh, spring semester and leave one month late. Wow! And uh, so I uh, added an entire month and a half to my semesters mm-hmm. so I could knock out three additional courses. I did right. it a couple of times and, uh, and, and fit. Well, anyway, so, I remember this. Uh, I was taking, I believe it was uh, English literature, and so you, you know, you spend. Uh, six hours in the class, and you go back, and you're doing six uh, six lectures with the homework. So we're just reading all of this English literature, which was cool. But um, but you know, doing that for two solid weeks, you know, around the midpoint, I needed I needed something other than than English literature to mm-hmm. occupy my brain because you know the the left side of my brain, the analytical side, mm-hmm. was starving. Yeah, right. <laughs> and yeah. so uh, you know, I went to the library, and uh, I. I checked out; they were um, like copies of uh, uh, a, a series of academic papers uh, written by a guy named Barry Setterfield. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and long story short, this this famous uh, this famous research or experiment that he did was showing that historically, um, you know, we've we've assumed that the the, the speed of light has always been. Um, uh, has always been constant mm-hmm. and we often treat it as a constant and we treat it as a constant, uh, uh as though like, uh, regardless of how fast you're going, if you measure the speed of light, uh, the speed of light will will always show up as the same speed. Uh, and there's some you know weird relativistic reasons why that why that happens. So you know if if you think about it, you know if you're going down the highway at 70 miles an hour, and someone else passes you at 80 miles an hour, mm-hmm. well, to your from your perspective, it looks like they're going 10 miles an hour, right? right? Mm-hmm. Light doesn't work that way. If you're yeah. going down the highway at 70 miles an hour and you measure light speed. It's still going at light speed. Okay. It doesn't. It doesn't subtract your speed from it, right? Uh, okay. Because of the way uh, time and space are, are interrelated. So, mm-hmm. uh, that's the the constancy of, of light. Um, but the assumption has always been that light has also been constant uh, over the course of history. Okay. And so, what Barry Setterfield set out to do was to to either prove or disprove that. And what he found was that the speed of light has actually been decaying uh, over. Hmm. Over a long span of time. And that has tremendous implications in the area of physics, uh, which we won't get into, uh, but are super interesting. But um, <laughs> And so I was reading this. This interesting research.
0: being a relative term,
1: yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I'm reading this, uh, you know, in the middle, you know, the midpoint of my English literature class because I needed sort of a palate cleanser. I needed something mm-hmm. to take take my mind off of English literature. And so I started reading about the, you know, relativistic uh, relativistic effects of light and mm-hmm. space, and you know, the, uh, the historical stuff that people don't normally think of as letting their mind rest no, right
0: most people most college students would go to the corner bar or yeah. something like that we don't advocate but I'm that weird. But that's what most people yes <laughs> yeah. you are unique and,
1: uh, i'm i'm super nerdy like that and so uh i you know i got to thinking about this and you know h- here i am an engineer uh, or uh, an engineering major who's you know deep love of science and mathematics and i think about these things all the time but i'm also i also have that that background of being a christian and loving bible study and 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 wanting to uh apply the things that i learned not just to uh, an engineering context but also like what is this like how do i look at this from a christian perspective yeah sure And I remember reading verses like this in Romans where it talks about the armor of light. I remember reading uh, things in like John 1 where it says, uh, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And I started thinking to myself, uh, you know, what if it's not light that is decaying, but what if it's the nature of time itself? Because time is a created thing. Uh, you know, God said, let there be light, but, but he also uses light as a, as a comparison of, of his character and God doesn't change. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I, I, you know, I started thinking about that more and it was always kind of stuck in the back of my head until uh, one time I was reading in a, in a uh, scientific journal about physics and that exact proposition came up. Like oh. what if it's what if it's not light, that's the speed of light that's changing over time, decaying over time. What if it's the nature of space time and it's giving us the perception that light is slowing down? Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that's cool, yeah. you know, because, I, I you know, it's, a, it's kind of something I, I thought about and it kind of goes along with what I would expect – from a scriptural perspective, that if if God com, if God uses light as a comparison of, of how He is, and we take that constancy of light, you know, maybe there's an equivalence there, mm-hmm. uh, and, and so that's kind of a side story, right, uh, about my <laughs> uh, the way I think about uh, weird things like that. Mm-hmm. But getting more uh, into the the scripture, you know, we have the the armor of light. We have God is light. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the Whenever we start talking about these ideas, it takes our mind uh, to Ephesians six, where it talks about the armor of God, mm-hmm. because that's that, that's sort of what's being alluded to, right in in Romans in Romans uh, thirteen, the verses that Bruce uh, read. Josh, let me stop right there. Yeah, go ta- ahead. and tell you this.
0: Okay. I like that you go down those. I I'll call it a rabbit hole because it really it, it's unique. That you're you're such a unique individual that will take what you've learned in science—I'll mm-hmm. just say science—and apply it to to the Bible, but mm-hmm. to uh, apply it to to your personal, your Christianity, your belief in Jesus, and how it has never conflicted. Right. It has. It always has confirmed, and it just it it. That's what that's one of the reasons I'm fascinated by the way you live your life because I don't know that there's many people that do. That do that, especially this day and age, and you're in such a field that you can be that light in the field of darkness, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and help, help people see like this things, this science and, and, um, Christianity, they don't have to, uh, be opposed. We don't have to be opposed to, uh, you know, right. to each other. It, it, it is created by, you know, God. So it is going to agree with everything that we believe as, as Christians. right? So you can call aside the note if you want to, but I love that, that that's the way your mind
1: works. Well, I always kind of look at it as um, sort of like a, a trial in court, right? Where you have uh, evidence that's presented mm-hmm. and uh, one side presents that evidence from their point of view and the other side presents that evidence from their point of view mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the points of view conflict with each other and the evidence says different things depending on what your point that's of right. view is yep. Yep. and <clears throat> I've never you know uh, my, my entire uh you know life and career has been dedicated to the pursuit of science and mathematics and yep. you know mm-hmm. that that's what my life is in engineering mm-hmm. is uh, applied mathematics applied science and um but as a christian you know one might think that you know when i walk in walk in the church door i I set aside the science part of my brain and then when I walk out of church, I set aside the the church part of my mm-hmm. brain and the mm-hmm. two are not, are not really compatible. Yeah. And I have not found that to be true at all. Right. Uh, the, the more I dive into even the most, uh, the, the most advanced ideas in modern physics or chemistry or whatever, mm-hmm. biology, um, they confirm my faith more than anything. In fact, yeah. there have been times when my my faith in God took a hit, and we've talked about this on podcast mm-hmm. before, mm-hmm. Uh, to where I don't necessarily believe God, or I don't necessarily have the faith in Scripture that I that I should. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we all struggle with that from time to time sure. as Christians, right? Our, our faith takes a hit. It's always been mathematics and science that has brought me back to God, um, mm-hmm. even in times where I, I've you know, may have not even been wanting to come back to yeah. God. It's always been math and science. Mm. Um, and it's it's so weird that uh, well I guess we're amazing that that God the way God builds our brains, He knows exactly how we think, and yes. He knows exactly how to get, uh, uh, you know, how how to get through to us, right. uh, even in times when we might be running from Him, like Jonah, or yep. uh, you know, resisting Him, like Elijah, or you know, or mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I, I've never found that conflict. He
0: He used a bicycle race for me to bring yes. me back. To, to stop racing on Sunday and start going back to church mm-hmm. where I needed to be, where I wanted to be, where I know I should should be. He he he, he used a, a picture of me. Actually, I was on the front of a long peloton of people stretching it out. I got up front, and it was my job to wear everybody out. So I got up there and, and just pounded, mm-hmm. just went as hard as I could, to sustain a heavy effort for as long as I could, which means I had to know my body. I had to know how I, I didn't want to go for just 15 minutes, 15 seconds. I wanted to go for as long as I could, wear people out. And we were coming down the bottom of the hill. It was up front. There was probably 100 guys behind me in a single file line. Mm-hmm. And I was coming down the bottom of a hill, taking a right turn at about 30 miles an hour. Sketchy, but this is an opportunity that I have to, to get some people off the back because not everybody wants to go around a corner at 30 miles an hour. So right. I was confident and I had I could take my own line because nobody's in front of me. So I went down the bottom of the hill, took veered to the right, used every bit of the road to the left, every bit of the road to the right. Everybody behind me had to deal with it. They had to however they want to deal with it. I looked over to my left because I... I whenever I ne- negotiated the corner successfully, I looked over my left shoulder. I remember it like it was yesterday. I looked over my left shoulder to see who was still there. And while I was looking over my left shoulder, there was a church right there. And I saw, it must have been 12-ish, 12, 15-ish, because I saw people leaving this old Southern church, mm-hmm. just walking. And the pre- pastor was was sitting out front um, shaking hands as, as they were leaving. And that, that is a picture that he used to tell me, you know that's where you want to be, destiny. Yeah. You know that's for you. Want, you know that's where you should be. I'll never forget it. Right. And that was the beginning of me <laughs> retiring from cycling. And <laughs> I don't remember how long it was between then and the time, but it was a it's a picture that's always in my head for you. It's math and science.
1: Yeah, for me it was the the proof of the central limit theorem uh, in uh, in graduate school and of course about advanced probability and inference. Kind of the same thing. Uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but that, I mean that that you know that was a life-changing thing because what we were addressing uh in in mathematics was the mathematical equivalent with what uh, of what I was strugg- struggling with mm-hmm. spiritually yeah yeah and here yeah. I was sitting in a secular university yeah. uh, in in a, a class where i I doubt, I mean, I don't know, but I doubt uh, no one else in the room was uh, a believer. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But God reached down into that classroom and just hit my heart. Yes, He did. Unexpectedly. Yeah. Totally um, unexpectedly. Yeah. Because that's not necessarily where you. Uh, expect to you know be impressed <laughs> right. by the by the Holy Spirit. <laughs>
0: what a great what a great lesson though to be open. Oh, just absolutely. to be available and to be open for him to to. to well I wasn't I wasn't. You uh, weren't you know, open. yeah
1: that that's you know like I was saying before there are times mm. when your your faith takes a hit and mm-hmm. you know you might be angry at God or uh, you know, whatever. And, you know, just the stubbornness of it all or something you're struggling with, uh, but God still knows how to reach you. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and and that, that was the case there. Like I, I wasn't, uh, I I wasn't necessarily wanting to hear. I mean, I'm sure somewhere buried deep in my Mm -hmm. subconscious I did, you you know, uh, but, um, uh, it, it was unexpected, and I wasn't looking for it. How but that? but that's where God met me. Wow, uh, in, that's in, incredible. <laughs> in that advanced really probability is. and preference in graduate school. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's fascinating. Yeah. It
0: is, but you know, we're all we're, we're frequently surprised on how God can communicate with us. We shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad we are though, because it kind of renews some things inside of us. Right. You know that, that maybe we don't even need no need renewing. But anyway, I'm, that. Uh, that uh, I think that was those are important rabbit holes to go down. Oh,
1: absolutely. Uh, well, it, it kind of ties along with this too, because you know th- those times where you know one, one of the challenges of the Christian walk is how to avoid those times where your faith takes a hit, yeah, right. and uh, or or how to navigate them so that you're not driven away from God, but you're mm-hmm. driven towards God, right? Because He you doesn't move. He's yeah, not moving. Exactly. He's He's constant. Yeah. He's light. Right. right? Yes. Yeah, yep. <laughs> and, right. Uh, and and. You know Romans thirteen talks about armor, and uh, you know we know that that uh, we've all read through Ephesians six where it talks about the armor of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know putting putting on the armor of God. And it talks about having your loins girded about with truth, the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, um, taking the shield of faith, um, the the helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit. You know all of those things that we're familiar with, and it's funny oftentimes when uh when we uh hear a sermon about that or whatever, uh oftentimes the, the picture is painted of Paul who wrote Ephesians being in prison and looking at the armor of the guard right who was in charge of yep. him and mm-hmm. and and sort of uh you know writing this analogy mm-hmm. based on what he was looking at. But mm-hmm. uh What you'll find, though, in in the Old Testament, Isaiah fifty-nine, when God's talking to uh, Israel, um, Isaiah fifty-nine, verse uh, seventeen, says he put on the righteousness, he put on righteousness as a breastplate, and an an, an helmet of salvation upon his head. He put on the garments of uh, vengeance for clothing, and was clad with zeal as a cloak. So that concept existed. Uh, outside of the context of the Roman soldier, mm-hmm. and Paul was uh, very well versed in in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could have very well been calling on uh, some of this okay. phrasing mm-hmm. in in uh, writing Ephesians, uh, precisely because, or, or for one reason, uh, in in Isaiah, it's God talking mm-hmm. uh, about. Uh, well, let, let's uh, you know, Isaiah fifty nine. Uh, he's the the issue in all of these uh, uh, prophet uh, prof, prophet books in the Old Testament was God trying to show Israel how they've left God and what the uh, what the consequences are of that, and then calling Israel or or Judah um, back to God, and and he did that through through his prophets, and and Isaiah fifty nine. Um, Uh, The prophet Isaiah is talking on behalf of Israel, says, "...our transgressions are multiplied before thee, our sins testify against us, for our transgressions are with us." and and as for our iniquities we know them in transgressing and lying against the lord and departing away from our god speaking oppression and revolt conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood and judgment is turned away backward and justice standeth afar off for truth is fallen in the street and equity cannot enter yea truth faileth and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey and the lord saw it and displeased him that there was no ju- and and it displeased him that de- there is no judgment no in other words they were they were doing this and they weren't stopping and no and and, and judgment wasn't wasn't in the picture yet okay. He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation to him and his righteousness sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a breastplate and and an helmet of salvation upon his head. And he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, accordingly, he will repay fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies, to the islands he will repay recompense. And this is the interesting thing about how God deals with this type of issue right because god's constant um there you know there's a lot of characteristics about god that we tend to pull uh, uh pull out and isolate mm-hmm. uh like god is love you know mm-hmm. we love that one the, yeah. the most because that's like the friendliest aspect right, right? Sure. and you know mm-hmm. even though we fail uh, god loves even though we you know fill in the blank god mm-hmm. loves we often fail at combining that love with things like God is holy, God is just, mm-hmm. God is gracious, God is merciful. God, you know, th- right. there there's a lot to God that all of these things have to work together. Mm-hmm. And when he talks to Israel, uh, oftentimes he'll say, look, you've transgressed, uh, you know, like he was saying uh, here through, through the prophet, um, uh, you know, so many things have gone wrong spiritually, and Israel has gotten away from God, and uh, uh, not just that they found themselves one day accidentally leaving God, but they purposefully pursued after the gods of other nations, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the pagan deities, right, and and those types of rituals that the other pagan nations around them did in, in the land of Canaan. And God was... Reminding them of this and saying judgment hasn't come, but it is going to, mm-hmm. and and you're going to reap the consequences of this type of rebellion and disobedience, and uh, and he goes through that in uh, in great detail about uh, the the punishment for rebellion, the punishment for disobedience and all that stuff, but he always. Brings along with that message the reason why that is, and and hope uh, for restoration because it's not just that God is doing this because He wants revenge. That's that's not who God is. Mm-hmm. He desires a relationship with us. So uh, punishment is there to uh, to. Intercept that that rebellion and those actions that they're doing that are bringing them away from God because He wants the relationship restored. Right. right. Uh, it, he doesn't just want vengeance; right. He wants the relationship restored. So punishment comes. He he details that, but he also gives them hope. Says, "But the reason that's coming isn't because I want revenge on you. It's because I want you back in in my presence. Mm-hmm. I want that mm-hmm. relationship with you." and judgment is going to come. It's going to, it's going to suck. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, But restoration is going to come after that because mm-hmm. you're going to seek me and you're going to find that I've been there the whole time seeking mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. and, and that's, a, 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 I love that consistency that God has with mm-hmm. us because I've, I've been on the receiving end of that so many times. Right. Yeah. And, um, thank God for that. <laughs> and, and e- even when it comes to um, like, relationship with my daughter, you know, I've, I've always tried to follow that pattern where, you know, she, you know, when she was younger and she would disobey or something, punishment would come, but I would always bring with that, you know, make her know that it, it's, it's in love and there's restoration. Mm-hmm. Like we don't leave the room until there's restoration. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and this is kind of where that comes from yeah. is looking at the pattern that God set in the old Testament.
0: I think pastor Godfrey said it the other day, um, a couple of weeks ago, it's love with responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's forgiveness with response. Knowing right. that he forgives us doesn't mean that we can do anything that we want to do. Knowing that he loves us doesn't mean that we go out and act the fool because we know he has to, he has to forgive us. That's not the attitude that's, mm-hmm. that's inconsistent with what we know, um, how God is in, in the Bible. Right. You know, it's was love with responsibility, mm-hmm. I think is the way he said it. And I really liked that.
1: Yeah. And I, and I think that's something that uh, a lot of times we, uh we fail in communicating with, with the world around us. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause it's easy to sort of get caught up in the, the whole, like everything you're doing is wrong. How dare you do that, which is wrong, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, <laughs> there's, Pensacola especially is, is replete with, um, uh, people that stand on street corners and yell judgment all the time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They do that a lot. And,
1: uh, and while it is true that, judgment often is a consequence of sin. The reason that happens is because God desires a relationship with yeah, us and right. restoration is promised after that, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, as, as long as it brings us, brings, brings him back into our focus. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think that's an important concept is, you know, we're, we're all worthy of this judgment.
0: Yes.
1: Uh, we're all worthy of these consequences. The wages of our sin is death. Right. But here again, God gives us this this tremendous gift that not only addresses our sin, but restores our relationship with him.
0: Hallelujah to that. Amen to that. Last night, Josh, we talked um, in Gun Club a little bit about should you or could you, or Mm -hmm. could could I or should I. And we've framed it by um, uh, like a home invasion. If somebody comes in and and invades your home, but they're not physically threatening you, they're just maybe there mistakenly, Mm -hmm. you I don't want to say you have the right, but but at least in Florida, stand your ground says if you feel threatened like that in your you and I don't want to say you can shoot them. That's not what I mean. Lawfully, it's possible that you could use your firearm to stop them from coming in. And after the process of, after the legal process, you could be deemed innocent. Mm -hmm. But should you do that? Right? Could you and should you? are not always the same thing, right? Can, can we say that, uh, that the wages of sin is death? Yeah, it's the truth, but perhaps leading with that, whenever you're talking to somebody about Jesus for the first time might not be the right approach, right? You know, you could, but should you, Yeah, you know, should you befriend them first? Mm -hmm. You know, we, I think we lean towards that, you yeah, know, speaking truth and love.
1: Well, that that's you know one of the other things that uh, Pastor Bruce talked about in his sermon. He, he said ways to wear Jesus. uh yeah. you pray because Jesus prayed. You read because Jesus was committed to the Word. Uh, you, you serve because Jesus served people. You join because Jesus was in a group. Mm-hmm. Uh, you share because Jesus proclaimed the gospel, and you give because Jesus gave. Yeah, and uh, you know it's.
0: Many ways to tell people about Jesus, oh, many ways absolutely.
1: to wear Jesus. Many ta- yeah, many many ways to tell people about him mm-hmm. and many ways to, um, uh, to represent.
0: Yeah, to represent. Yeah. Absolutely. One of the ways, and we'll, we'll close with this here in a minute, one of the ways is to give. And it, that's always... You know, Josh just went through the the um, uh, uh, how to weigh, how to wear Jesus. You can pray, read, serve, join, share, and give. And that give one, you know, we're all hallelujah and amen from the pray, the read, the serve, the join, the share. Then we get to the give and go, eh.
1: <laughs>
0: perhaps, <laughs> perhaps that's yeah. not my gift.
1: <laughs> you know? But, well, it, it's funny, too, because uh, I, I see both things. Uh, uh, both things kind of uh, two things kind of happen there either uh you know when we're talking about finances Mm -hmm. people either like sort of back off like yeah it's not really for Mm -hmm. me but Mm -hmm. then other people uh because the other aspect of it is uh do you give of your your finances do you give of your time and abilities or Mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. and some people will use the well i put something in the offering so i don't really have to get involved yeah yeah right right right. uh, or or the other way around like i really i you know i I get involved, so mm-hmm. I don't really have to do anything about financial stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, when when the Bible talks about giving, it's it's not just you know you give a certain percentage of this, you know that mm-hmm. that text is in there, but yeah. that's not the only thing it's about. It's the realization that uh, God owns everything, right? Um, and and it's uh, how, how does it say? Um, uh, what, what is our reasonable service? Right. It Mm -hmm. it says, um, oh man, how's that verse go? I'm going off the top of my head. Um, uh, yield your members, uh, you know, because that's, that's your reasonable service. Okay. You know, we often think about, you know, the, the greats, like the missionaries and, Mm -hmm. the and the people who like dedicate themselves to quote unquote full-time Christian ministry, like Mm -hmm. uh, preachers and, and, uh, Mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. Well, what Scripture indicates is like, no, we're all called to full time Christian ministry. Yeah, uh, it might not be behind a pulpit. It might mm-hmm. be behind a, a an, an Uber steering wheel. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> it might sure. be, uh, you know, in an architect's office right. uh, as an engineer. It mm-hmm. might be, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be someone with a camera teaching people how to how to push a shutter button. Right. You know mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah. We're all called to full time Christian Christian ministry. Um, it, it all belongs to God.
0: Yeah. I heard a pastor say one time, you know, if I, if you ever find a bank that will give you 90%, uh, or, or you pay 10% back of what you, what you borrow. He said, let me know about them. Cause I want to sign up. <laughs> right. Right. So, you know, if, they're, if you're only paying back 90 cents to the dollar uh, yeah. or, or 10 cents to the dollar, I, I'm in. Right. You know, and if we, whenever we wrap our mind around that, um, it's, it's um, easier to give. It's, yeah, I, I don't know what the word is, but it's tough. no matter
1: what the sacrifice, it becomes reasonable. Reasonable, maybe
0: yeah. it's reasonable, and, and and us being humans, we like whenever we see results of things that we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, my goodness gracious, there's so many people I've spoken to that have seen the results of their tithing. Right. And, I mean, we, you know, they give testimonies all the time. One things, I, one one of the things I've noticed over the years of Working in a church and being around uh, the church environment is that it seems like God likes to use tax, re- un, uh, unexpected tax refunds to bless tithing. <laughs> it, I swear he does, man. It just seems like so many people have. Uh, uh, received a five hundred and fifty dollar, you know, unexpected check from the government after they've been struggling with tithing for a while and they right. finally did it. You know, and something <laughs> something comes back to them a month later, almost I like to how, the same. I like month.
1: how you said something comes back to them because <laughs> the government lets you have a little bit more yeah. of the money you already own. That's right. It feels
0: <laughs> like a, a, a gain, though. You yeah. know what I mean? It feels like a gain. That's true. It's still it's our money, but it just it's unexpected. Here you go. I'll let you
1: have a couple of your dollars back. There you go. <laughs> So true so true <laughs> we're still gonna keep the majority it's but it's so know. <laughs>
0: true it is but it it, it just you know it, it feels like a gain whatever yeah so many people uh, uh craig told me about a story that he he um he he lent somebody um a certain amount of money 300 500 dollars um because this guy was struggling he was struggling he needed you know and he just felt led to lend them some money um, and it was years later he had forgotten about it. You know what I mean? He yeah, had forgotten about it. Years later, a guy came up to the coffee shop, handed him a wad of cash, he said, "Do you remember me?" He said, "No." He said, "You lent me three hundred dollars about four years ago," and he said, "Here it is." Was back. <laughs> he looked at it, man. He he never was his money, but he never expected yeah. to get that. His expectation was that he was never going to get back, and he didn't right. care. That's why that's that's what giving is is about, really. Yeah. You know, if, if you can give with that heart, I think good things are good right. things going to happen anyway with that money. But uh, I, I, that was another, you know, confirmation that uh, that was over and above anything tithing yeah. or anything that him and his family does. Uh, but what a, what a great uh, testimony, right. you know, that he has now because because of that. But anyway, people are touchy about their about their money. Yep. Um, But it's part of it's part of life, and it's part of how um, and their
1: time and their time.
0: It's part of how Josh and I are able to do this podcast. We're sitting in an office now of the church that uh, you know is pretty much given to us to do this. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, we're an independent Baptist church, so we don't do Southern Baptist. We don't get any of that money. Yeah. So we got it's got to be done. Yep. You know, without that, uh, we don't do the things that we do.
1: Yeah. That's just the Take, way it is. It takes a lot of money. It takes a lot of time. It does. Um, and you know, one, one of the things you know, getting getting more on the aspect of time, uh, one of the uh, one of the advantages that that we have at Marcus' point is we have a lot of people who are willing to, to give their time, and yep. uh, you know, our, our Wednesday nights are are uh, a manifestation of that, right? Because. You know, we talk about the gun club on Wednesday nights. We have groups for all kinds of people, uh, people people who are involved in or are, are interested in uh, sewing or running or yep. art or guns or uh, entrepreneurship or uh, history or, you know, whatever. We have all these different groups because people uh, who have a passion for uh, uh, who have a passion for God donate their time to mm-hmm. use these different interests as tools to incorporate into Bible study on Wednesday nights. And and really uh, every day of the week, there's something there is some group meeting somewhere.
0: This is a community center in
1: church. There's no question
0: about it. And all of that is, is to show, um, You know how we connect to god one another in a lost world that's our motto yep Uh, anything that we do is is with that goal in mind yep for sure we do that several places where do we do those things joshie
1: uh we got a campus in uh here the main campus of pensacola uh we have a campus in beulah one in north pace um we're actively trying to build buildings in, in those locations as well um but you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, uh, all that stuff. If you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can 850-479-8337. You can email us at info at Marcus Point um, If if for some reason this is uh, I'm, I'm speaking way too fast, go to pensacolabaptist.org. org. Or no no sorry. PensacolaChurch.org, yep. PensacolaChurch.org. And uh, you can find out so much information about us. You can uh, watch past sermons. You can see a calendar of events. You can find all of our addresses, yep. um, contact information, all that kind of stuff. All that stuff,
0: man. So time, service times and locations, all that. Yep. Uh, because it varies a little bit from from service to uh, or from campus to, to campus um in wednesday night service it is the best just to go to the website yep. and, and check out everything everything's there
1: but most importantly come visit me and destry at the gun club on yeah. wednesday night 6 30 room a 102 there you go <laughs> we have a good time every time we're in there yep we we start out
0: with an agenda and and most of the time we stick to it but it's always i think our class participation has increased uh, significantly mm-hmm. in the last uh Last couple of months, and uh, we're, we're continuing to learn about AI. Josh taught us a little bit more about AI last night. and
1: uh, Yeah, it's funny because we do the first 30 minutes of, of gun stuff, and mm-hmm. then we transition to the Bible study. So yeah. last night we were talking about um, – uh, um, well, you already mentioned about like um, uh, self-defense yeah, uh, right. and, and – you know, uh, having a firearm in your home, mm-hmm. uh, and then we transitioned that to a, an ongoing uh, Bible study we've been doing, uh, revolving around artificial intelligence. Yeah, how and about looking that? at it from a Christian perspective. And yep, yep. What is artificial <laughs> yeah.
0: intelligence? What's intelligence? And yeah, it's it's really so, yeah.
1: We, it's probably the only uh, the only group at church that talks about uh, the anatomy of a neural network. And I think so. <laughs> <laughs> from a Christian perspective. <laughs> I think so. And we, <laughs> thought we talked about it last night, oh, yeah. for sure, in a
0: good way, too, just to know that every time I see something like that, so I, I, I got a degree in psychology, and we really studied on that um, mm-hmm. in, in a couple of the classes, and to know that those things grow and, and get hardwired yes, yeah. is the term, uh, you know, whenever there wasn't one there to begin with. You know, the other right. neurons, is that what it is? Yeah. is? it going from one place to another? and. How God had engineered all of that to happen, right? Unbelievable! The intricacy of 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 the neurons that are happening in there, and you can right. even go farther than that and dissect everything. And oh yeah, see, I mean you know. it,
1: it's it's a, a complex a complex network of electrical yeah. signals. Unbelievable, man! And we know so much about the physical makeup of it. But as much as we know, we still can't figure out what makes someone conscious. Mm. What is, conscious? What so is that's consciousness? That's something that yeah, yeah, we, we have no no ability uh, of uh, to to define how that happens scientifically. Yeah, it's
0: <clears> it, 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 you think about that, you kind of start going around in a circle, going what in the, what you know where mm-hmm. does it anyway? It's it's interesting. <laughs> what does it mean when it says God breathed right into us? <laughs> We And those are kind of things, kind of yeah. like light, light topics we talk about in gun club. Yeah. who to have thunk it?
1: Right. <laughs> bunch of rednecks that love guns talking about That's this stuff. It right. so doesn't make any sense. It's, it's not academic in any sense, but, man, we get into it. It's we a lot do. of fun. And people keep
0: coming back. We, <laughs> yep. You know, for years and years, however many, eight years, however many, we have averaged 12 to 15 people. Yeah. Every night. I mean, it's, I take the role every night. I know yep. 12 to 15 people, and we we switch out five or six different people. If everybody's there at one time, at least nowadays, if everybody's there at one time, we got about 20, 20 something. But yep. there's always five or six that rotate through, it seems like, yep, unintentionally. Josh, thanks, man. Appreciate you being here. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And we will talk to everybody later. See Sounds ya. Sounds good.